What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer, joined by J.J. Cooper, here to talk about a wild World Series Game 6. Game 6s are always uh, full of drama, full of excitement, full of emotion, it seems like, and this one was no exception. J.J., looking back at the Nationals, yet again, staying alive, that's been the theme of their entire season, uh, going into Houston, beating the Astros, overcoming a bad call to do so yesterday. Uh, just what are your overall thoughts on the Nationals and where we stand going into Game 7? So you would not have drawn this up this way. Um, if you're the Nationals, there's no scenario where you didn't want Max Scherzer pitching Game 5. But now that they've managed to survive to get to this point, I, it could. Now, again, we do not know. I mean, Max Scherzer could not move his head, basically, a couple of days ago. So... We don't know if he's going to be full strength, close to full strength, whatever. But I can't help but thinking that that, that unfortunate situation for Scherzer and the Nationals kind of gives them a little bit of advantage potentially in Game 7 because as good as that Grinke is, I would rather have Max Scherzer even – I know he wasn't as good as Max Scherzer normally is at the end of the season, but I'd rather have Max Scherzer on the mound than Zach Grinke in this situation. And, no, obviously the other part of this is is that – I will be fascinated. Again, I love Game 7s, but you can't – if you're a baseball fan, how do you not love Game 7? But I wonder, okay, how much are we going to see Garrett Cole tonight? How much are, are we going to – you know, it, I see Patrick Corbin tonight. This is going to obviously be an almost all-hands-on-deck. And But at, at the end of the day, the Nationals managing to somehow get to this point does put them in uh, – uh, a much better situation, obviously, now than they were when they were sitting here a couple of days ago, uh, where the announcement came out that Max Scherzer can't, you know, can't lift his arm over his head. I would have not have imagined that we would be sitting here talking like we are right now. But uh, credit to Anthony Rendon, credit to the Nats, and also obviously credit to the Astros. I mean, this has been an, it's not been a particularly there haven't been a whole lot of taught games, but it has been a very compelling series to me, just from the standpoint of two teams who 
the Astros seemed like they were completely on the ropes and then Rocky style, they've bounced back. And then it seemed like the Nationals were on the ropes and then they bounced back. And here we go. It's okay. One game to determine uh, who gets to celebrate for the rest of their lives. That's pretty cool. The two best words in sports, Game 7, it's really just nothing compares. And I do think the Nationals, you know, last night was almost like a microcosm of their entire season. They go down early. They come back to take the lead. They face some adversity there. Uh, again, the call, uh, Trey Turner being called out at first base, uh, obviously generated a lot of discussion, a lot of controversy. But they didn't let it affect him. I mean, two batters later, Anthony Rendon comes up, hits a home run to essentially ice it. And then, oh, by the way, in the ninth, comes back up and hits a, do- a two-run double to really ice the game. I mean, to me, that was just perf- perfection. What the Nationals have been all season long, a team that no matter what challenge is put in front of them, they find a way to come out on top in the end. Uh, obviously, that'll be put to the test here in Game 7, but um, I really just have the utmost respect for this Nationals team, their ability to stay focused. And one big part of this, you know, here at Baseball America, we obviously do a lot of work on the draft and talk about the prospects coming up and, you know, why does it matter? Well, Steven Strasburg and Anthony Rendon, two top 10 draft picks, Strasburg number one overall, Anthony Rendon number six overall. When you hit on your top picks, this is what the end result can be. Those guys leading you in the World Series to one of the most memorable games and victories in your franchise's history. This is why it matters. These are top tier performers, the Nationals drafted and hit on, and they're still benefiting from it now a decade later in Strasburg's case and almost a decade later in Rendon's case. This is why it matters. And this is what we do. This is why we do what we do. Uh, the thing that's also worth remembering about Anthony Rendon is, is that, and let me say, I was, I was one of the ones who was, uh, naysayer is probably a little strong, but my worry with Anthony Rendon, Anthony Rendon came into his, you know, his junior, his draft year at Rice as potentially the number one player in that draft class. And, the, the real knock on him at the time was, could he stay healthy? He had a significant injury, uh, you know, the year before. He had a significant injury that year. Then he gets the Nationals draft him, and what does he do? He has another significant injury. He misses basically his first, uh, almost his entire first full pro season. So at that point, and I guess this is maybe a little apropos, talking about prospects now, maybe it's a little apropos for, for Nick Senzel. There are, you know, examples of guys who – seemingly can't stay healthy and all of a sudden then they can and once they can the the talent comes through well that's Anthony Rendon I was in hindsight wrong but my worry with Anthony Rendon like no one really questioned how good the bat was no one questioned that he could play third base it was just a matter of can he stay healthy and I was a little worried at that time and hey you know (laughs) nope he's he's fine and man that was just taking a team and putting it on his back yesterday obviously Juan Soto didn't you know he, he helped as well. I loved, I know that some people don't, I loved the Bregman taking the bat to first base and then Soto doing the same thing. I mean, I, baseball should have personality. That's not a bad thing. You know, you hit a home run in game six of the World Series, again, I, and I also don't have a problem. Hey, if Steven Strasburg had wanted to do a mild celebration after he struck out Altuve on three pitches in a jam in a key situation in the game, I also wouldn't have had a problem with that. I don't mind pitchers celebrating. I don't mind hitters celebrating. I love there being personality in the game. It should not be a passionless game where everyone just acts like robots and it's okay because I'm going to act like I've hit a home run 
in a key moment in game six of the World Series before, which, you know what, Juan Soto hasn't because very few people have ever hit a home run in game six of the World Series where it matters before. That's a very rare moment. He may never get a chance to do that again. So, you know what, I loved all that. It was great. I think it amped up the intensity of the game. All of that was awesome to me. I mean, I didn't mind Juan Soto doing it. I mean, look, I, I come from the more traditionalist player standpoint, and I, I think it's kind of funny to me that a lot of the people on social media screaming about it are the ones who didn't play, and the ones who did play are at any level are like, oh, you know, it's a little – I get it. Yeah, it's a no, little – No, most of the players – so, Well, me, some of them. I saw a lot that were like, yeah, it's not okay. That was a huge big thing. That was on Yahoo. A couple ex-big leaguers said that. No, no, ex-big leaguers. X, X, X. Did you right, see any current players? Did you I see – I saw I a lot of minor leaguers. I saw a lot of minor leaguers. I retweeted Chris Betts, who's currently playing, and I, I saw several other minor leaguers like, that was awesome. I absolutely get it. There, if, you, if you are an ex-player, it is an easy way to say the game was better in my day. But I did not see any really current players, you know, on social media last night who were saying that's wrong for the game. And – that's part of who Alex Bregman is. Like, I mean, Alex Bregman, one of the things, I mean. Bregman was apologetic at the end of the game because he knew. And that for me is when you where say I, he knew. It happened, he got caught up in the moment. I don't think it was a travesty. I don't think it was an insult to the game. But I, could, I get it where it's like, huh, okay. And then I love Soto coming back out. It's like, all right, game on. Like, but, again, okay, so you're, like, again, just, just to debate it, like, let me to ask you, what, so why do you think, as you say, you come from the more traditional style. What? was bad about that what was like where he shouldn't have done that again it's again it's more just it's hard to explain but when you're you're on the field it's like no just drop your bat like let's go come on and i again i'm not when you say you're trying it's hard to explain i I get it but but you say i get it i'm saying if you can't explain anything other than this is a game of emotion i mean that's the thing and part of it goes back to respecting the pitcher yada 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 which i know some people blanch out but for a lot of players on the field, yeah, it does matter. It's like, hey, don't show me up on the field. That is a big thing. We even saw Strasburg kind of look back at him and Bregman look at Strasburg when he was rounding second base. And look, again, it's not the end of the world. It's fine. It's something I, I, that happened. I, I'm okay with Soto I, I, going back out and being like, all right, let's do it. To me, that was fun. Seeing Soto come back out and do it, it's like, ooh, all right, game on. Let's go. I, I'm fine with it, really. I don't think it's that big of a controversy. I'm just saying I get why certain people didn't like it. I understand why Soto went back out and did it. Bregman acknowledged it after the game. And if that's the biggest controversy, you know, of of the World Series we have, it's not a big one in terms of players kind of doing stuff. And my argument is baseball was better for Alex Bregman taking that to first base. The baseball, baseball is going to be more enjoyable. Again, now there are limits to this. I'm not saying, you know, but baseball is better when players are demonstrative and they don't just do the quote, act like you've done it before. I mean, I agree. It added, it added tremendous entertainment value to the game. Like I said, the competitor, like I I get it. I loved it. You're right. It added entertainment value. I'm not in any way, shape or form suggesting Alex Bregman was wrong and ruining the game. No, no, none of that. I'm just saying, I get it on the field why you'd be annoyed at it, but yeah, it added entertainment value. And again, Juan Soto kind of, you know, mano a mano, all right, you do it, I do it. Yeah, it added tremendous entertainment value. I love that. And, and again, yeah. I'm just saying. And that's I, one thing. I did too. I, I absolutely did. You know. I, I but, did love it. So, 
I, again, the game itself, I mean, the other big thing that happened, obviously, was the, the interference call, which I initially reacted, and I still think, like, in the, in the spirit of the rule, I don't think it was right. I also follow where, if you're zealously following the rule book, I can see how they, the justification for the call. Like, I mean, what, what did you think, Kyle? Again, I thought it was the wrong call. I did think Joe Torre did a good job explaining what happened afterwards. I think a lot of people were under the impression Trey Turner was called for running out of the baseline. We found out later it was about interference and Yuli Gurriel's glove getting knocked off. It's hard to make that call in that situation. And I think a lot of uh, commentators, you know, Frank Thomas, Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz all talked about it on the postgame show how it's tough to make that call in that situation and they would like to see a clarification of rules and also really a, a consistency of enforcement with runners running in and out of the baseline, making contact with the first baseman, because you're right. Uh, David Ortiz made the point, and he's absolutely right. Different umpires at different times of year in different games will call it differently. Um, I guess by the strictest let, letter of the rule, yes, the call is justified, but it was also a bad throw that I don't know if Yuli Grail is going to catch that anyway with that angle. It's just a tough play all the round and, and a tough play to call in that situation. JJ, do you think that's a rule that needs to be changed? Do you think we just need to see the enforcement of it change? Where are you on this? And I'll just say I'm glad it didn't affect the outcome of the game. I am so glad it didn't, and I think that's the most important thing. I, I, as, as someone who grew up in the 80s and remembers Cardinals fans talking about uh, Don Deckinger for years after the 1985 World Series, I'm really glad that that didn't end up determining, uh, you know, the, the fate of a, of a world series. Um, I actually, you know, I saw other people propose this last night. I, I will, I don't want to take credit for it. I was talking to an indie ball commissioner a couple of, uh, I guess about a week ago, maybe. And I, he was the first I heard suggest it, which was the idea of let's do the double base. You know, why not do the double base at first base, which like, if you haven't seen softball, I mean, in, in softball, you have at first base, you have the first base bag, and then you have an identical first base bag that is in foul territory. So last night, what would have happened if you had that would have been that Trey Turner would have run through the bag to the right, excuse me, while Yuri Guriel is trying to catch the ball with his foot on the bag to the left. Now, it does look a little odd, no doubt. You kind of have to paint that bag a different color because a ball hitting that bag is foul, where a ball hitting the other bag, the, the current bag, is fair. But it actually, to me, has a lot of, um, I mean, beyond the fact that you would avoid a, a, a situation like that. Like, if the, as it currently stands, it is a little odd that the base runner is supposed to run in foul territory, the marked out 45 feet. But then he has to touch a bag that is in fair territory at the end of that, which is a little odd. If you did this, what it is is, no, no, no. You have The runner has his bag, which is in foul territory, and the first baseman has his bag, which is in fair. The other thing it does is, is if you have a Manny Machado spiking situation like last year, the reality of it is, is that's not your bag. So in that situation, if you did spike a first baseman who has got his foot on his bag, you, that's also a, a, you know, a, a grounds for you know, an ejection or something because there's no reason you should ever have that kind of collision. 
it just makes it it does look a little odd it's a not traditional but at the same time i do think that there is a lot of logic to it i mean the atlantic league also made a bigger bag this year as an experiment but i don't think that necessarily solves the problem in the same way that the double bag does i know that's crazy kyle feel free to tell me i'm crazy but i will throw that out as an idea I can't get on board with it, just the visual of it. I would actually rather see the bigger bag before I see that. Um, but again, that's just me. And and I don't envision Major League Baseball making that change anytime soon. This is a game steeped in tradition, steeped in visuals. I don't see them making that change. But I, I will say that, um, I, again, I agree with, with you know Frank Thomas and David Ortiz and Alex Rodriguez and, and what they were saying about just the consistency of the call, the consistency of the enforcement, I should say. Um, that is something that Major League Baseball should look at, should make adjustments to, just to ensure that throughout the year, you know, you're you're not letting stuff go all year, and then all of a sudden you're calling it in the World Series. You know, you can't have players doing something one way the whole year and then just change it on them in, in the World Series. So I think that that would probably be what I would do first uh, before we start adding, you know, outside bags to uh, to first base and potentially a third base bag if you are worried about runners turning the corner i don't think that would ever happen you, you wouldn't but. need it a third because i mean you don't have that same situation i mean the, the, the real problem you have at first is this is the running down the line i mean you can't run through the bag at third like okay, I, was, I, was, I was thinking about the will middlebrooks play like i have seen some people say oh we could do it at third too for guys that are coming around you know wide turns or whatever but i don't i don't think yeah that's i don't necessary. think you need that i, I don't think you need I, that I at all you know i, I, I do I, think I, though that first base there is some logical sense to it even if it is completely non-traditional, I'll admit that. Yeah, no, again, is there logical sense? Yes, um, I don't. I I don't know if Major League Baseball would ever do it. I, I would feel weird about it personally, but we'll see what happens. I think consistency of enforcement is is number one. Um, but JJ, like we talked about, you know, the, the good news is this was not something that changed the game. We saw Anthony Rendon come up and really just kind of make everything better, as Anthony Rendon tends to do. Um, Looking ahead to games. Make everything better for the Nationals. He didn't make everything yes. better for the Astros. Yes, make everything better for the Nationals. Uh, looking ahead at game seven, Max Scherzer, Zach Granke, we assume everyone will be available uh, except for Steven Strasburg and Justin Verlander. What <laughs> and I'm not even sure on that. Like, I mean, I, I, I'd say it's unlikely, but I wouldn't say it's 100% certain. Looking ahead to tonight, what are the biggest things you're going to be watching for and who you got? The, I mean, the biggest thing I'm going to be watching for is, is does Max Scherzer look healthy? You know, like, and that's the part we don't know. I do not know why he got up last night. I mean, I, I don't understand that. I, I don't know if there was ever any thought of using him in the game last night, but it made zero sense to me at any point to use him in that game. Like, this wasn't a situation where – they really needed him up and throwing uh, that didn't make sense but but really i mean the one of the things that stands out the the top of these lineups are so good that we have seen like the the time to jump on these pitchers has often been the first inning and we saw that again last night so i, I won't say that we'll know 10 pitches in whether max scherzer is healthy or not but but i do feel like by the end of the second you know you're going to know and i, I realistically though I do kind of look at this my expectation love to be proven wrong but I kind of don't envision either of the starters going more than you know maybe 15 outs tonight I think that's probably the extent of it and I say that because 
I do think that Garrett Cole is going to pitch. And I, I kind of, if, if Garrett Cole is going to pitch, I think if you can get five innings out of Granke, you kind of want, you know, and then you, you said you got, if you're piecing it together, you said you got five innings out of Granke and then you got two or, you know, maybe even three innings Madison Bumgarner style or more out of Garrett Cole. That's the best kind of plan for the Astros because Garrett Cole's better than Zach Greinke at this point. And for the Nationals, I kind of look at it and say, okay, do you really think you can get more than five innings out of Scherzer? Like at any, you do have to worry at any point that this could kind of prop back up in some way, that he may have trouble being free and easy with a delivery that, let's just be honest, as great as he is, has never, free and easy is not who Max Scherzer is. And so I, I think we could see, you know, Patrick Corbin, coming in in the fifth or the sixth for the, uh, for the Nats. And, and then at that point, it is really all hands on deck. I mean, I, I still think it's probably advantage Astros just from the standpoint of, I do think it's a little bit better lineup, but I mean, it's a great thing about a game seven. I mean, I think this is now we're talking it's, it's 52, 48, or it's, you know, 53, 47, not, you know, we, I mean, I remember when we were talking last week, we thought it was at, at most, you know, 75, 25 Nats. And then, you know, I'd say coming in, you know, coming out of DC, it was probably, you know, the reality of it is, is that it was, it was probably, uh, you know, 65, 35 Astros. Well, now it's, it's almost 50, 50, which is kind of awesome. This is definitely an evenly matched series. I talked about it on the podcast yesterday going into game six. I thought it was 50-50 and probably the same tonight. The one thing that happened last night that made me raise my eyebrows a little bit, and I'll be curious to see if there's any repercussions for, Tim Bogar essentially managing, pulling Steven Strasburg after eight and a third to go to Sean Doolittle in a game with a five-run lead. I didn't love that just because of how limited the Nationals' bullpen is. At that point, I would let Strasburg finish it have Doolittle come back out tomorrow, like now today, completely fresh. I, I would feel better going into this knowing, okay, I have Max Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, Daniel Hudson, and Sean Doolittle all completely fresh or as fresh as they can be. Um, so I, I'll be curious to see if that affects them as, as we get into the later innings today, if Sean Doolittle's not as sharp or if they are hesitant to go to him, they try and use other players first, when in reality he'd be their best matchup for a hitter. That was one that kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit at that point. I, I would rather have had Strasburg finish that game, not just for sentimental reasons, but also strategic reasons. Um, so that's something I'll be watching tonight. But I, I almost have a feeling like whatever starter uh, is in last wins um we've seen Zach Greinke have some trouble this postseason really dating back to the 2017 postseason as well uh Scherzer's health as we've discussed is a question mark I almost feel like last man standing that's the team that's going to win but we've seen both these teams capable of uh, putting together late game comebacks throughout the season uh, both of these offenses are capable capable of exploding at any time I'm just looking forward to a great game. I think we're going to see two really, really, really good teams. Game seven of the World Series. It doesn't get any better. It does not. And we're getting as much baseball this year as we can. We're taking it right to uh, to October 30th. You know, it's it's as far as we could take the the baseball season. I mean, when I say that, you know, the reality is is that I love the fact that that baseball just really keeps going. I mean, you know, Dominican, you know, Winter League, you know, Mexican Pacific League and all keep rolling. Australian League, keep rolling along. Puerto Rican League, keep rolling along November, December, and January. Then we got the Caribbean Series and all that. So it's not like baseball stops. But it is, 
but really baseball in the U.S. kind of, I mean, it kind of takes a, you know, there's a little bit of college fall ball going on, you know, going, still continuing. But, but the reality it is, is with the Arizona Fall League already over, we got Premier 12, I should say, you know, that's also coming up. So uh, we got baseball still going, but, but the major league season is going as long as it possibly could go this year. And that's never a bad thing. So I'm, yeah, I'm very excited about tonight. It's hard not to get geeked and, uh, and pumped about a game seven. And I, I look forward to talking tomorrow after the dust is cleared on what has been a, uh, a wild playoffs. Absolutely. This is going to be a lot of fun and uh, it's been a fun postseason, a fun season and looking forward to seeing what happens tonight. Uh, well, JJ, thank you again so much for joining us. This has been another edition of the Baseball America podcast. Uh, go ahead and give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever platform you're listening on. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, it's been fun podcasting with you this entire postseason. We will have one more tomorrow where a champion is crowned. Once again, for JJ, I'm Kyle Glazer. Thank you for listening, everybody. goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.